coming to us all the way from Ireland. So we are so grateful and thankful to have her in our vortex, in our just energy. Um, I'm just so excited. Just to, I'm just so excited. Um, gonna wait to see if she comes on, and then I'll do a quick thing and tell you the introduction. So this is our second. Just did what we were told almost. 
Like, tell me five years ago, tell me this is what I was going to do, and I'm like, sorry, I don't think so. Like, there's no way, you know. Five years ago, I was still so afraid to even look outside of, you know, anything else than what I was taught growing up. The fact that we get to have this conversation and live on Instagram and for your podcast and your YouTube channel, like, mental. I love it. I love it. Honestly, like, five years ago, I was such a different mindset and just. I just had a different vision, you know, and I wasn't saying, I'm not going to say that it was a wrong vision, but I had a lot of heaviness, a lot of heaviness that was not good, and it was not going to lead me to anything, so I'm grateful that I'm even able to, like, express myself now, you know, and be able to, like, chat with, you know, Basically, we were strangers when we first met. So, you know, like strangers yeah. across the world. Like, yeah. we were strangers. Like, I would never, ever, first of all, my anxiety would, would have killed me. But yeah. Amen. Anxiety, and you're preaching to the choir. Preaching to the choir. My anxiety would have killed me. My just, just complete nervousness. And me starting, like, even a podcast or even, like, do anything like that, no way. None whatsoever. Yeah. You know, so it's it's very you know rewarding it's come to a point that i'm like wow everything's like so rewarding and it's like sometimes we sit and we complain so much about the things that we don't have but if we sit and realize the things that we've accomplished from the point that we started till now huge we've done a lot huge the growth Sometimes people overlook the growth because all we see are the end results of people or when they've hit their big success and they have all this money coming in. And it seems like from the outside looking in, they have it made. They have everything that you've ever wanted. And you're like, oh, like I wish I was there. So it's very hard to get caught up and they're like, well, I don't have this. I don't have that. And then you lose sight of how far you've actually come. Um, but I, I do think that's, that's that's a learnable skill that people can develop because when you're in that for so long, you have to relearn how to per- perceive things in a way. You have to reprogram those belief systems to, and even just to catch yourself. I think the first step I always say is self-awareness. Like catch yourself in the moment of when you're like, oh, you know, I wish I had this. I wish I had that. Exactly. Or that never works out for me. To oh wow, look at all the milestones I've hit along the way. Exactly. Look at everything I've accomplished. Look what I've overcome. Look at the challenges I've faced. At that stage, I never thought there was going to be anything else but misery for me in that moment in time. And then you look at your life now and you're like, wow, I was so wrong back then. Exactly. It's just the growth and people overlook it. It's all part of the process, you know? Exactly. Exactly. So I'm just going to go ahead and just do a quick introduction of who you are. 
and we can get the conversation started. So everyone again, this is Laura Lanigan. She's all the way calling from Ireland. Ireland. I'm super grateful. She is a podcast host for the So Lovely podcast. And she is a mindset enrichment mentor, which she will guide you through everything that you need from the point of beginning your spiritual journey or even not to just guide you into becoming a better person through her words, her encouragement, just her presence. So welcome. Thank you again so much. So sweet. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Thank you. You're so welcome. Thank you again, like I said, for, you know, just being a part of this conversation. So, you know, tell me a little bit about how you got started and like what, you know, motivated you to be a mentor or even start a podcast. So I didn't, I never saw being a mentor as a career path for me. I never thought that I would ever do something like this. Um, Honestly, I started in the corporate world. My family uh, owned their own kind of business and unfortunately uh, the doors had to close due to unforeseen circumstances and different things that happened and it was a really tough time for my family because my entire family my brother my, my my sisters my mom like my dad everybody was dependent on that income and all of a sudden the doors just closed and it's like that's all we've ever known so now you're like okay well now I have to go work for someone else I have to find another job I have to figure it out and at the time I I just had my confidence was never great it was always very low I didn't have a lot of self-belief in me and my skills and my abilities and honestly I'll get into this maybe a little bit later but I really do think that the closing of that business was like a divine intervention for me because well for me and my whole family because I said for so long um even when I left college I was like I don't want to stay here I don't want to work for this business this industry is just not for me I don't get it. It doesn't fuel me. And I was like, there has to be more. And I remember having conversations when the business was up and running with my sister. And she would get so offended. I'm like, I'm so grateful for this income. But this isn't for me. Like, this is not my my passion. It's not what I'm good at. It's, you know, every day it was like, oh, I have to go back in there. Do you know that kind of way? Yeah. Um, so when that closed, I think it was very much like, okay, the whole family's out of income. Just find any job just find any job so I ignored all the signs and symptoms that were there the red flags that were popping up that maybe like there were certain like even that losing that business is almost grieving the loss of what we once knew you know um and we had just literally weeks prior lost my granddad Lanigan my dad had just got diagnosed um with his own uh mental stuff or with his own health issues more so um so my dad has dementia and I share that so um that was really hard and then on top of all that my my fiance's dad was diagnosed with terminal cancer so it was all a lot all at once but you know I think it's just a societal thing but I always say typical Irish so I'll be grand just keep going find another job keep keep trucking on and that's what I did I found another job and I went to work in this call center and again this is when the panic attack started for me and I I was just like I just have to get in my head I'm like I just have to get over this I just have to get comfortable I just have to get used to everything but I just didn't like the job once again 
so I I kept I kept there I kind of stayed there for as long as I could but it came to a point where the panic attacks the anxiety attacks were just detrimental to me and I just couldn't make myself go in there anymore so I was like right I'll just resign from that job and they were so great about it they were so understanding they asked me was there any like kind of is there anything they could do to you know encourage me to stay on or any support that they could offer and stuff and I was like no I just I need out and so I was like okay just go find another job and again I went and found another job the same thing happened I started I got a sales job this time I was out in the field and I had a panic attack in front of one of my bosses and I was like that's when I have to go okay enough is enough I was like there's something wrong so I was like there has to be more to life than me just you know crying every single day crying myself to sleep not being able to sleep and it, it was just an awful time so that's when I got diagnosed with anxiety and depression and it's actually from that diagnosis which led to me creating the so lovely brand because I said well I'm not happy working for other people I always said I wanted to work for myself have that time freedom have that ability to you know call my own shots and be the director of my movie in a way and decide where when I get to take my holidays and when I work and how I work in different things and I was learning so much I was introduced to the world of mindset and mindfulness and everything and I was learning so much and enjoyed it so much and I loved talking about it and I was like I want to help people who are going through this as well I was like because the more I opened up about my anxiety the more friends and family were like yeah I've experienced this, I've gone through this, and I was like, wait, what is happening? Like, I would never have guessed that you guys were struggling with this. And so I I basically started So Lovely to help other people and initially started as a product-based business. And I literally started as, like, affirmational words on hoodies, T-shirts, things like that. And unfortunately, that didn't um, take off the way I thought it was. It wasn't creating an income. But that's when I invested in myself and I invested in my own mentor and I invested small at the start and when I invested big I realized that I really do have passion and a skill that I have for empowering people and motivating people and unlocking and helping them see the potential that's within themselves, you know. And I was like, oh, I think I need to pivot my business. <laughs> I think I need to leave the product stuff behind and really go with this mentoring stuff. And that's essentially why I started the So Lovely podcast, how I started um, kind of mentoring and creating my mindset enrichment program and things like that. Wow. That is so exciting to hear. And it's like, I resonated with so much because coming from a society that we have to just sweep everything under the rug and just keep going because that's how life is. It's okay. Just keep going. Like, You'll be okay. you'll be fine. It's okay. It's just a little bump in the road. It's okay. You don't yeah. have time to process it. You don't have time to, you know, feel the loss of you know losing a business where you have invested so much time, energy, financially as well. So you just have to okay. We gotta find another source to feed us and you know yeah. survive. So I, re- you know, I resonate with that as well, and it's like, it's pretty sad that society just, even till now, like, it's so taboo to be like, oh, I suffer from anxiety. People are like, no, it's not. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's, it doesn't. You know, it doesn't exist. It's all in your yeah. mind. It's it's okay. 
you'll be you'll be okay. It's like yeah, it's no, I won't. yeah, and it's also you said even you know you don't get time to feel and like because people don't want to feel their emotions. We're taught like suppress everything, you know, keep pushing forward. Um, no one, like almost like no one wants to hear how you're feeling or it get it makes people uncomfortable to even see people express themselves yes. and at the time it was such like a mind like a mental war zone that was going on because you know I suppose from my standpoint and I, don't, I don't want to speak for any of my siblings like we wished maybe there was something more we could have done like could we have intervened sooner could we have done this sooner and you can get so lost first of all in like oh I wish this person did that and what if I did this and what if I you know and you know you can either put blame on other people or you're like the guilt and the shame that you already have because you feel you haven't done enough and then for not seeing the signs that like we were just so unaware that my dad was getting as sick as he was and putting it down to like burnout and stuff little did we know there was something far greater going on because again when things like that happen you're just like oh they're just overworked they're burned out things like that and on top of that then in the local community it's like you know people are talking you know and then it's a mind game with you because you're like oh well what are they saying oh people probably want to see us fail or people are saying this and that and the other and honestly that was none of our business what people would think but exactly you and it's also the the weight of the world is it's like we had all these people working for us there was something like between 70 to 80 people working in that business and we were their source of income. So it wasn't just our family. We were like responsible for all of these other people as well who had families. And this was their, like we had people who worked in that company since the day it opened. Wow. Since my dad started it like 30 years prior, you know. And now this is something completely different for them again. Yeah. And the, the mental warfare that goes on and that goes around in your head and yet you're just to ignore it, ignore the emotion, ignore... Don't let anyone see you upset. Don't, especially don't let your family see you cry or upset about it because that's just going to add more pressure. You can't like you want to lean on each other, but at the same time you want to be strong for each other. So it's all it was a whole shambles. It was chaos almost. So it makes perfect sense that I got to where I got to. You know. Yeah, it, it's you know it's unfortunate that those type of mindsets are really passed down from family to family, you know, like generation, because their parents told them, you know, if they got hurt, they're like, no, just get up and go. It's okay. Scrape it off. You'll be fine. You know, and for us to be like, wow, we can't even like, you know, be sad because other people have a loss as well. You know, you know, it's a shame. Like, but now thank god that society is kind of quote-unquote awoke to these conversations mm. you know what i mean and now it's not so much yeah gotta break those generational traits yeah it's true yeah even if it has to start with us and our families you know getting angry at us for you know speaking up and defending ourselves it's okay mm-hmm. it is okay it is okay yeah. Yeah. It's okay not to be okay. And it's okay not to be okay and sit and sulk for a couple of days if you need to. It is okay. Yeah. You know, it's totally okay. Yeah, and I think even 
when I was at one of my lowest points, I just, like, I wasn't leaving my house. I isolated myself. I didn't even want to get out of bed. Like, I just, I couldn't. It was, to me, it was just like, I don't even know what to do with myself. It was just completely lost. And then I would look at these other people who went through traumas or losses or whatever it was, and I would start comparing myself. I'm like, well, how are they doing it? How are they putting on such a brave face? And it's like, you shame and you guilt yourself so much and you put yourself so much down. It's like your whole self-belief, your self-worth, everything, your self-identity, you nearly lose yourself completely. And it's why I always say to people, like, when I got diagnosed with my anxiety and my depression, it is truly one of the most pivotal moments in my life. It was a bit daunting and overwhelming and scary at the start. And it was like, I didn't want to almost acknowledge it. Yes. But when I, when I did and the doctor said, well, this is what's happening right now. And he introduced me to the world of mindset and look up this and different things. I, I had to become receptive because the old way of being and the old mindset I was in was no longer serving me. It got me so far. I was able to suppress so much for so long, but a lot was all, all, all of a sudden boiling to the surface. And a lot of it still boils to the surface, you know. Um, and I have, I always say this, it's so weird how my mind works that I could be in the middle of something and randomly an old memory will come up and I will just go back to that moment and how I feel. But it's because there's past traumas that need to be healed. I need this to come out now and release it and you know process it because I never had a chance before so it all makes sense when it comes to it but yeah I do think that we are getting to a stage where people are starting to be a little bit more understanding and accepting that these conversations need to be had and you know mental health doesn't have a look you know what I mean like mental health doesn't there's no stereotype you could look like the happiest person alive and still be dealing with it yeah you could look like the saddest person you could look like you have it all together like we were saying it doesn't have a type or a look it affects everyone in a different way yes and getting back to that when you were you know diagnosed how did you how did you break that upon your family and like for them to acknowledge that you know how did Mm. um it was think I had to deal with it myself first and then I've always just been I think I've always just kind of been the type of person that would say something about myself before anybody else would say it does that make sense so if someone would pick on an insecurity of mine I would be like oh I'm so short or oh you know I'm this or I'm that so no one else would say it about me or they would just know that I'm aware of it yeah so uh, initially I actually wasn't going to tell anyone I went into my doctor and I didn't tell anyone um I think I told my mom and I think how like literally she had no choice but for me to kind of lay it all out there and I even felt guilty at the time because she was going through like her own stuff obviously um but I came I had to leave work I rang my boss and I was like I need to ring my doctor I can't like I can't do this anymore I couldn't function I was out it wasn't safe to me for me to be driving I was having severe panic attacks while driving like I couldn't breathe I couldn't see through the tears I was like I need to go home but I also felt like I couldn't go home to my fiance because he was going through it. At this stage, it was a couple of months later from him getting his diagnosed, his dad's, um, his dad's diagnosis, and I think they were kind of dealing with everything there. Or had he passed at this stage? 
my fiance was either in the in the process of dealing with knowing that his dad is going to pass away or he had passed away at this stage and I was like but I can't go home because I can't lay this all on him he's going through his own stuff yeah and I'm supposed to be the strong one I'm supposed to be you know trucking on for everybody else and so I literally went back to my mom and I just I couldn't stop sobbing and I was like I need to make an appointment with the doctors I need to just get this sorted there's something not right here and I need to figure it out so I think my mom was the first to know and I asked her not to tell a soul what we did do is we my godmother's wife she has a degree in psychology and counseling and stuff and even though she can't counsel me because it's a conflict of interest um I still just got on the phone with her and I was like what do I do like how do I what are my steps here what can I do I reached out for help because I was just at my wit's end with it I was so desperate in that moment like I couldn't hold it in but yet I was trying to keep it together for Kieran and so my mom knew that I'd made the appointment with the doctor and my my godmother's wife knew and I talked to them. I went into the doctor and I said to him, this is everything. And I just sobbed. I literally sobbed the whole way through this appointment. And God bless him. He was so patient with me. He wasn't trying to rush me out. He was giving me time and space. And he asked me a question. And he was like, when was the last time you were happy? And I couldn't answer him. That was mind-blowing. Huge. Huge. He asked me, when was the last time you were happy? And I was trying to think. And I was like, because he would lost my granddad Lee which was like a second father to me like I I always say this I have one amazing set of parents but I was so blessed with my nanny and granddad Lee and so lovely is after them oh. and we had lost my granddad a few years prior and then my nanny had passed and then the following year my granddad Lanigan had passed and then the company closed and everything like it was just a lot so he was asking me to go back and tell me when was the last time that you felt genuinely happy not for a short period because I, I would pick moments I was like oh I had good I had fun on this day or I had fun on this yeah doing this and he was like no for a good chunk of time like for three to six months that you could genuinely say you were happy I couldn't I couldn't tell him I wow. genuinely couldn't tell him so we went through the process and I was like I just want to get on medication I just want this to stop these emotions I need them to stop like there it's too much all at once and he was like, well, I am not going to, this, I'm so glad he did this as well, because I wasn't going to tell Kieran. I was just going to go on medication and not tell anyone, uh, bar my mom, obviously. And, um, and he was like, well, I don't feel comfortable prescribing you medication without you discussing it with your partner. Um, and bringing Kieran into these appointments and being open about it. And I was like, no, I can't do that. And he was like, why can't you? And I said, well, he's going through his own grief and his own stuff with his family. I don't want to add it on top. And he was like, do you not think you could bring solace to each other and open a conversation for each other and be there for each other? Because now he sees that you're going through something similar, that you can comfort each other in that um, and that you can learn and different things together. And I was like, no, not doing that. I'm, I, he doesn't even know I'm in the doctors today. Like he didn't know anything. And he was like, I really think you need to come back into me, have a think about the medication. In the meantime, look into this material, which was the mindset, mindfulness. He introduced me to Renee Brown and different things. Yes. He was like, I, that will definitely be a big part of of um, your healing. But he said, we, I can't prescribe you medication um, because anxiety is in my family um, on one of the sides. And he had experience, so he said it can be a little bit, it can be passed down a little bit in the genes. Um, 
a little bit, not to the point where I was experiencing yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But in a way, it was. So he understood it. And um, he was like, but he really, he insisted that you're all going to these appointments. And I was like, right, I'm going to have to tell people about this then. And it was 100% the right thing. 100%. Now, bringing it to Kiran, like you were asking me, like, how did I bring it to my family? I think bringing it to Kiran was my biggest thing first. Um, because for me at the time, it was nearly telling him I can no longer support him in his journey with his grief and what he's going through. And I felt weak and powerless and I wasn't the pillar of strength that he needed to lean on. And so bringing it to him, I was like sobbing saying it. <laughs> I just sobbed. This whole time in my life, I was sobbing the whole time. Um, but he was so understanding and he was so supportive. And he was like, you have literally come with me, driven me to appointments. He was like, you have been there through me through my darkest hour. Of course, I'm going to be there. You've gone through your own thing. It's just unfortunate we're going through such big life-changing events all at the one time. Um, so he was the first person. It definitely was overwhelming and daunting. And I feel like the more I talked about it to my mom, I felt more open then to share it with my family. And I wasn't really met, I wasn't met with judgment. Um, but one difficult thing that I did find that when I was going through my early days of my anxiety, if I ever started to express any type of emotion, they were like, oh, that's just her anxiety. Oh. <laughs> it's not my anxiety. <laughs> but they didn't understand it themselves. So they were trying to understand where I was at be mindful of I am an anxious person now and I experience these things but everything when I got if I was saying hey this is out of line like when someone said something or if I set a boundary or if I stood up for myself or maybe I did overreact in the moment but it would always have said it's just her anxiety stop bobbing everything (laughs) off to just my anxiety guys (laughs) please like I actually had to like have this conversation with them so I think over time we've all learned that like like we all go through these things and my mom is very old school in that she was always taught to be strong when she was the eldest of all the kids in her house she helped you know the parent her my nanny and granddad out and things like that so for her to admit that she has emotions and feelings and different things that was a process for her but I think she's learning through me so I see now that by me just owning who I am and seeing not my anxiety, my depression as a weakness, it's actually one of my greatest strengths. It's one made me more empathetic and um, like considerate and uh, I'm trying to think of the word I can't, it's not empathetic, it's compassionate to other people and understanding because I wasn't before. I was very, I think I was a little bit judgmental in a way yes. and I didn't understand grief, loss, anxiety, depression. I didn't understand any of it because I didn't admit it to myself. Um, So I think it's one of my greatest strengths because it's given me these qualities. And on top of that, my family gets to learn through me as well. And they get to see firsthand that no matter what we go through, whether we have X, Y, Z, we can still accomplish so much. And I also think they're learning to express themselves and communicate a little bit better every day. Wow, that's beautiful. Like going back again, like circling back with when you told, were talking about that your doctors introduced you to mindset while you were grieving. How did you take that 
in? Like, how did you accept, all right, I have to change my mindset, you know, in order to, you know, become, you know, a better version of myself, but at the same time, being able to grieve at your own way, like, how did you, like, incorporate that? Yeah, and I think he did this in a really good way because he didn't necessarily present it to me as mindset um, or that I was even grieving as such, even though he knew because he was the doctor for my grandparents, my parents, like he's, you know, he only retired there recently. Do you know what I mean? He's known the whole family life the whole way down. And he kind of said, okay, uh, so he was like, we're going to sign you off work. We're going to sort that out, forget about work, put that to the side, don't stress about that, let's take something off of your plate for you. And I was like, okay, cool, that's great because can't do it right now. So then he said, with the medicine, let's, it, it definitely, we can look into that, yes, 100%, and I'm happy to do it, but let's get someone in and involved, um, which is great because I was a bit, and came off my meds a couple of times thinking like oh I'll be fine I only need them for two weeks yeah. this is my initial thinking you know like two weeks and I'll be back on track it's not yeah. how mental health works so <laughs> not how medication works either so and like I went through with this withdrawal and I was like what is happening to me like I can imagine um and then when it came to mindset he said also I want you to check out this person who does a TED talk it's very good and she has a book and he said I actually read it one time uh when I was going through it as well myself and my head was just a little bit chaotic and he said just check it out and see what you think so it wasn't like do this and you're going to be healed it was like this is a tool that can help and it's helped me so here you are um and I was like okay so initially going into it I wasn't seeing it as I was looking into mindset mindfulness and different things and then he slowly started introducing as well he was like Let, let's he was very like let's look into some holistic ways he was very open to that as well not to just be dependent on the medicine because okay. I genuinely thought once I'm on the medicine everything will fix itself out but again these are like blocks traumas uh, belief systems that I had to completely completely change in my mind and he didn't say that to me that like my brain is all re like wired a different way and like yeah. you know he didn't overwhelm me with that kind of talk so the way that he kind of just brought it in he was like reflexology let's give that a go let's see how that goes because we, you know he would explain it in like I don't even know like a scientific way not really a scientific way yeah. but understandable and like let's just give it a go there was no pressure put on okay. it and he would give me the benefits of what it can do and he's personally gone to this lady and different things now some of the things he recommended didn't work like I stopped going to the lady for reflexology because at the time where my headspace was at it was too overwhelming I would go into this reflexology appointment um forcing myself to go because my anxiety was so bad still at this stage and I again I would just sob and sob and she would try to do breath work with me and to release it and she would hit like try talking about through the reef while she's doing reflexology and um I just it, I, I was like I don't want to go back I just cried that whole appointment I don't see the benefit in it you know at this stage I was still like I don't want to be crying anymore yeah. but little did I know that expressing that emotion when you're expressing that emotion you're releasing that energy like what you feel 
is energy it's this energy that is embodied now within you and you have to get it out your whole body has held on to it for so long that of course like all these emotions come to the boiling point of course you know we suffer illnesses because of stress because of anxiety because of unhealed traumas yes. and different things and it's evident you know it's I, I just went to um a physio there recently for my neck and shoulders because I was carrying a lot of tension because I was carrying a lot of stress at the time and I wasn't like doing my, my meditation and stuff and so she was like your shoulders are like rocks she's like I'm trying to rub them out but they're like rocks but that's the energy that I was holding I had to release that so I have to kind of look at things again a little bit differently and apply my own mindset tools my own mindfulness techniques and different things and do you do you would you be able to say that at that pivotal moment was when you had like your awakening of like you know mindset and like all the spirituality like or was it further along after you started getting like trainings and stuff like that i think it is one of the biggest parts of my awakening but i also don't see I th- a part, this is a personal thing for me. I think we go through many spiritual awakenings. And I think sometimes it's it's just like one step at a time. It's like every time you go up a step, you're like, oh, what's this? You know, yeah. um, because I, I look back in my past and I'm like, oh, I had a couple of moments where I was like kind of just touching into it. You know, like I had a moment when my granddad Lee passed and I remember having such a vivid dream of him literally standing in my kitchen talking to me in like a tracksuit and I was like my granddad Lee never wore a tracksuit like what and my mum then explained actually he wore tracksuits quite a bit towards the end um because his hips were up and they were the most comfortable things to wear at, at that stage and I was like okay well he was literally telling me look out for Maria now, my little sister is called Maria, and my nanny was called Maria. So I was like, I don't know who he's saying this to, but I'm just letting you all know he's saying we need to look out for Maria. So I don't know who's in trouble here, you know. So there was kind of moments like that where I'm like, dude, this was something greater than me. Yes. That wasn't, like, that's not a normal dream, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think it's when I got my diagnosis that the door to the big awakening started creaking open. Because every time I... I actually think it could have been like the the very pivotal moment was probably when the company closed because I started tapping into gratitude. I see you hear things, you hear things as you're going along, but you don't classify it as this is mindset. Yeah. You know what I mean? You just hear people talking about these things and whoever said them, you're like, oh, that's cool. Okay. I might practice that. And when the company closed, instead of focusing on everything bad, I was trying to focus on the good and tell myself everything's going to be fine, everything's going to be fine, because I didn't want to deal with the trauma, right? Yes. So I think the door kind of started opening, but I think it when I got my diagnosis and I really just like dove, because I dove headfirst into this information because I was so desperate just to feel better yes. and to figure out a way that I could get on with my life and not be so codependent on Kiron and you know isolating myself away in my house so I think I started cracking the door open and then as I invested in myself and I started researching this information applying it to my life and embodying myself the door just kept opening more and more until it like hit me but um I think if there's one book I would recommend and it really did help with my spiritual awakening 
was um, Angels in My Hair. Angels and in that my just hair. gave me a whole new perspective oh, and on, yeah, I, a whole new perspective on even my religion. That's when I started going, oh, you know, this is, this is the Catholic woman herself. Um, her name is Lorna Byrne is, is the author and she sees angels. And she talks about guardian angels and she talks about growing up in Dublin and how her mom, actually, her parents thought she was a bit slow yeah. because she would talk to angels when she was younger. So they thought that she was just talking to herself yes. um, and how that just kind of, she was like, there's no one religion that's the right religion. She was like, picture religions under an umbrella. And like the way she kind of just described different things and like having no judgments. She was like, I never understood why people kept saying this religion is bad and that religion is good and this is the right way and that's the wrong way. She was like, like we're all praying to the one God, universe, mm -hmm. something else out there. Whatever you call it, it's literally just a label we put on yes. it. And she was talking, she, and I unknown to myself again, again, I went down a bit later and I keep referencing back to this book and I'm like, oh my God, she talked about this in the book and I never tweaked it at the time, but she talked about energy and everything, like each blade of grass she saw energy coming off um like the blades grass and different things it's a really really good book to read i would really recommend she has loads more and i really want to read the rest of them i bought one not long ago and i still haven't gotten into it yet but um definitely it opened the door way open for me with my spiritual awakening and understanding how like energy works and even the process of death and how she describes it and what she sees when someone someone passes yes. And I understand that not everyone believes in this and everyone has their own beliefs and I would never ever in my life force anything upon anyone to believe it. But for her and what she sees is that everyone has a guardian angel from the moment your soul was created till the moment you go back to heaven. And she goes, that guardian angel never leaves you. And so she was like, you're not just guided back to heaven by your guardian angel, but your loved ones come and join you as well, ancestors and everything. And I was like, dang, because... I've been around, you know, people passing away and there is a different energy in the room. Yes, everyone is, it's very somber. Yes. It's very sad because a passing is sad, yes. but there's something different. Um, and I just love the way she described it all. And it just gave me like a new perspective on it. And I actually went to one of the workshops that she was holding. She was actually holding one close to home. And I was saying to my friend, I was like, when you look at her, do you see colors coming out of her? And my friend was like, I don't necessarily see colors, but I see something kind of like around, like she could just be like an outline or something. And I was like, yeah, dude, I've seen all these like bright, bright colors, like literally coming out of her. Like wow. it was just so, like her energy was just a whole, it was so visible. And yet she's such a quiet, like she's such a quiet spoken woman. She's very calm. She's, do you know? And I'm like, well, her she's energy not, like, filled up the room. Her energy filled up the room. It was a whole other thing. Um, so yeah, I would say that whole process that did lead me to a whole spiritual awakening when I did get diagnosed and different things. It definitely just like swung open the door for me. <laughs> yeah, and like when it came to like grieving your grandparents, like where did you find yourself like mentally when you were going through like that mindset change, like? Did you start doing like affirmations or things like that to like, you know, help yourself along with it? Yeah, so something that 
that I didn't realize at the time of their passing. Um, and it only came to light when I started actually healing was I carried a lot of shame and guilt about their passing. I felt like I wasn't there enough um, towards the kind of the end of their life because both their passings was actually quite sudden. Even though they had been sick, it wasn't to the point where we thought we would lose them as such. Yes. Um, like literally my granddad got diagnosed with cancer on a Friday and I think he had passed on a Sunday. Do you know what I mean? So he had been unwell, been going to the doctor and different things. But not to the point like, oh, this is cancer. And, you know, it, we literally were told and all of a sudden he's gone. You know, my nanny, she went into the hospital, but not for something terminal or fatal at yes. all. Um, so they were both quite quick. And I processed both very differently. But when it came to actually addressing that I missed them and acknowledging that, um, I think initially I had to, like I couldn't forgive myself there was a big part of forgiveness that I I couldn't forgive myself for not showing up more for them for not being there enough so my granddad passed I definitely made more of an effort but I felt like this overwhelming shame and guilt that I took them for granted because I hadn't experienced loss before them I I you know I lost my pets and I always I see my pets as like my literal family but obviously losing a human is on a whole other level and I, I honest to God never understood grief or losing someone and I even had to ask my dad because when I met Kiron at first his mom had passed away when he was quite young so I think it was five or six years later we met and started going out and I noticed that he carried so much grief about his mom and different things and I would say to my dad I was like how long does it take for someone to get over that because in my mind, it was, again, it's like that mentality is you, you just keep getting on, you just keep going. And I didn't understand it. And I didn't know how you, to help him. And until you don't go through it personally, you won't understand. And this is the thing. It was just something I didn't, I mean, my dad experienced the loss of his mother, not as young as Kieran, but in his early 20s. And I had, I was literally a year, not even a year old when she passed. So I didn't really know her. Yeah. So I, honest to God, had never experienced it. And it wasn't until one of my dad's friends actually um, told me that he was like a connection between the mother and the son is so strong because well mother and child because you're literally connected from the moment they're conceived like literally connected in her physical body so you never get over it no and that stuck with me for quite a while and so when I went through my own um and actually started dealing with it i realized the grief never goes away all the shame and the skills they don't see that like if you believe that there's something after this life that there's a spiritual life or whatever they they're not worrying about if you were there if you did this they knew that i loved them but it took people actually saying that to me like no (laughs) listen I, you know my house and how chaotic it is. I'm so glad it's just not one of my six dogs or the cat or something. So I get it. They're part of the family too, you know.
that is a face of a concerned dog mom or what? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Thank you for your patience. Is that they, would, they shut the water off in my building because they were like making repairs. So this, like, the superintendent came and like had to shut the water off, and my dog. <laughs> She loves people. No. She loves people. And she they like she smelled him. So she's like, My friend is here. My friend is here. Please, my friend oh. is here. So he was like, You could put her down. I was like, really? And she's just literally like holding on to his leg as he's like turning the water back on. <laughs> so that was my face of like Excuse me, man. Are you sure? Like <laughs> like, ma'am, what? what this oh my god. She's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is this is typical life of how it is here in this household. This Listen, interruption just, it's like if it's not my daughter, if it's not my daughter, it's the dog, the other daughter. So the, the other daughter, <laughs> exactly. Listen, before and you know this before every call I do, before every one to one, I'm like, I have six rescue dogs and a cat now. There, you may hear them screaming, but they're all fine. <laughs> yes. Like I have to give people a head up, so no, yeah, Miss, you know, Miss Layla over here, she has to make herself known that she's present, that she's here, and that she is needs to be tended to. And if you ignore yeah. her, she will sit on your leg and look at you like I'm here, touch me, I'm happy. Like yeah. she's so funny. So oh, thank you again for your patience. No, um, it's okay. But yeah, like is such it's so hard you know it's such a hard thing to go through because there is no right way to grieve and there's no wrong way you know what I mean like there is no. just no way there's people that just avoid the situation in completely um, because they don't they weren't told that ignoring is part of grieving you know so they're just like you know I'm just gonna ignore the situation and act like nothing happened to the most extreme if you want to call it that of like not leaving your house not eating not showering not taking care of yourself forgetting that there's an outside world and the person who was here would want you to live okay. you know and continue your life because they're always gonna be there with you not in a physical form but in a spiritual that they're always gonna be there with you you know, so it's, you know, grieving is just hard in general, especially when you have, like, when you're dealing with your mental health as well. That combination, it's, people want to say that that's, like, so, like, deadly, but it's more of, like, a pivotal point of, you know, what you say to the person while they're grieving that has a mental health issue is so important, you know, to be available for the person just to listen, you know, just, yeah. So moving on to like that subject, like, can you provide us with some tips on like, for let's say that if I have a friend who lost a, a family member or even like just in general, like, what would you suggest us on the outside? Like how, what tips can you give us? for us to be there for the person. 
Yeah, I actually asked my fiance this question. I was like, at the moment of your grieving, what did you need? Um, because I think a big thing you need to understand, like you were just saying, there's no right or wrong way. And even on a podcast that I did recently, I did it with a, my friend who talked about her grief journey and finding her happiness. And she was told, you know, there's, there's seven pillars that you go through. And what she learned during her journey of it all is like, there's no seven pillars. Like grief happens when it happens and like it doesn't happen in an order. You know, it, it kind of just comes in waves and everyone's situation is so different because some people have time to process they're about to lose someone. Like my fiance did. They had a year to process this information and go through it. And then, you know, like my grandparents, they passed so suddenly. So everyone is, um, our minds work so differently. So I think the best thing you can do and to understand about grief is you, you don't need to fix it. I remember thinking like, oh, I need to say something to help fix it and make them feel better. You don't fix it. You can't fix grief. That's, you, you can't. The thing with grief to understand is you never heal from grief as such. You don't necessarily get rid of the grief. Yes. Is that you just move with it. Yes. And there's such a really good kind of image. I don't know if you'll be able to see it, but basically how I, I saw this um, book before, right? And I don't know if you can see this, but if you can kind of, kind of see it, right? Yes. There's a, say there's a ball and it's like, it's like nearly overwhelming the box because that's how grief initially starts at. Yeah. You feel so overwhelmed. It's all consuming. But as your life goes on and as you get back to maybe some everyday tasks or back to work or, you know, you go out with friends, maybe you're ready to do that. That grief doesn't necessarily get smaller. Your life just becomes bigger around it. Yes. Does that make sense? So the grief is always there. You don't have to fix it. It's just you move with it going forward in life. Like the passing of a loved one is always going to be sad. It's never going to be a good thing. No one's ever going to be like, oh, thank God. You know, I'm so happy this happened. Like, it's going to be a sad moment in their lives, and that's okay. So I would say, don't think you need to fix it. What you were saying is, listen, hold space for them. If 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 they're going to guide conversation in a sense, because they're either going to vent or express their grief, or maybe they're going to start talking about the person and memories that they have and they want to reminisce. And that's often what happens at funerals and different things is people are talking about funny memories they have with the person. So allow them to talk about the person. Don't be afraid to bring that person up. I even, like I see it with my fiance, when he brings up his mom, I can see his inner child come out. I can see healing going on and I'm getting to know her. I never got to know her. But I'm getting to know little bits about her through him. Yes. And, you know, they were even bringing up funny stories over the Christmas. And it's not about avoiding talking about them. Talk about them. They're still, a, they're still going to be a part of your life. You're going to hold those memories forever. So talk about them. Don't be afraid of that. And I think if I was to give any other advice is help. You can help someone by, especially in the early days, doing the everyday tasks. Um, you know, maybe like we were saying, like you were just saying, like 
maybe they're not leaving their house maybe they can't cook maybe they can't do these things they just don't have it in them at the moment because they need that time just to like they're embodying grief like yeah all consuming you know um and sometimes it's the very minor tasks that are the hardest so maybe pop over and make them a cup of tea or pop over just to say hey i'm here to support you in whatever way i can ask them you know what way can i support you or can i do anything for you um one of the best things that um one of kiran's friends did for him was he texted me like can we do anything and kiran was like we please just get him to cut the grass okay so he went and he cut the grass like why that was a topic of like a priority at the time I don't know but they went out and they cut the grass and it actually just relieved a bit of stress from Kieran when he lost his dad and some people drop over food that's great they don't have to think about dinner then the next day or whatever you know yeah um see I don't I don't have kids so I can't talk from like a mother perspective but I know from a fur baby perspective um, my sister (laughs) <laughs> my sister my sister walked the dogs for us when his dad passed and she fed the dogs one of the nights for us and it just especially the day of the funeral because like we we're obviously gone all day and my family really stepped up that way and it's just just let them know that you're there you don't have to fix anything when you're saying you know it'll get easier or time will heal always don't don't bother with those yes cliches they may be true that over time it will get easier but they're not in the in the moment it's not going to help anyone so just be there listen let them guide the conversation maybe and finally if you can go for a walk with that person i think it's huge because remember energy stays in the body but if you can get up and move your body you release something you feel a bit more refreshed when you come back and then moving your body and walking is actually releasing some endorphins without them even knowing in the brain so it might ease the get the grief a tiny bit i'm not saying it's going to get rid of it but it's going to be a helping factor in the long run to help them just get out and go for even a short walk just go get a coffee down the road or you know go stand outside and get fresh air and things like that so they're not massive gestures they're actually very small so just but they're be very friends honestly but they're very impactful those mm-hmm. small things mean a lot you yep. know, they mean yeah. a lot because those are things that you wouldn't think of doing at the moment. Like, oh, I'm going to go for a walk. Why? There's mm. nothing out there for me, you know? Because you're in that mm. mindset of just like, I'd rather go too. Like, if this person is not here, I want to go too. Like, you know, you go into this deep yeah. dark depression. So, you know, I'm really glad that you are, you know, sharing your story and you know also holding space for others to be able to share their own story within you know their own let's say spiritual awakening or even through grief you know and you know achieving them to have a better mindset in for them to go through these trials and tribulations with a better concept that you know that they matter and their voice matters and that yeah. they are loved and they're seen and heard. So, you know, yes. I really love that you have that space, you know, you give them that space. You know, mm-hmm. I really love that. I really oh, love that. You're such really. a lovely soul. No. <laughs> lovely. Yes, lovely. Exactly. <laughs> um, so before we end, 
um, is there anything that you have going on that you want to promote that you want to you know share Yes, I have a good bit going on and some really, really exciting projects coming in the future. But for right now, I have my, well, I have the So Lovely podcast. You can check that out most weeks. I'm trying to get better with my scheduling, but we're taking a little bit of a hiatus so we can start season two um, in February. Um, so you can check out all the podcast episodes of the So Lovely podcast, anywhere you listen to podcasts. I also have a mindset course. It's called Manifesting 101, but it really just brings together all the mindset, the kind of spirituality, like the body, mind, soul, um, all in a mini course. It's actually on sale at the moment for the lowest price it's going to be. It's 55 euro. Um, and then it will be going back up once we hit February. So the last day you can get it at that price is going to be the 31st of January. And then I also do one-to-one coaching with people who are maybe thinking about switching careers, who are kind of in the process of maybe starting their own business and they're just feel stuck and a little bit lost with the whole thing. Um, I coach people through that. I help them just get a, gain a bit of clarity, do a bit of action planning with them. Um, and yeah, that's what I'm doing at the moment. So how do people get in contact with you if they do want to go ahead and like, you know, book a one-on-one coaching with you or even join you know your workshop like how can people get in contact with you yeah so you can either just go to the, the easiest thing you go to is my instagram page either the laura lanigan dot laura dot lanigan dot sll or the so lovely podcast instagram page and you can either dm me or i have my links in my bio there that you can go check out as well and I also have my TikTok. I don't have my link in my bio yet because I haven't hit a thousand followers just yet. But we'll get there. You know, so share your um, TikTok so everybody can join you on TikTok yes, and we can grow yes. the page. Yes, yes, yes. Please do come join me there. I just talk all things mindset, and sometimes I do my cooking fails there just for <laughs> I go to share my knowledge, and then I like mess up the dinner completely. So you can definitely check me out there. You can see all my dogs and different things over there as well so. and does miss millie make a, an appearance oh miss millie always makes sure she makes an appearance miss millie is queen b like she forgets she came from the streets you know she forgets she's a rescue cat she's like human peasants please do my bidding <laughs> i love her she, she makes me so happy i love her she is Miss Sassy Pants. She makes her presence known, like the screaming out of her. She's never happy unless someone is paying her attention. She literally has the dogs going crazy because they all hate cats, so to keep them separate. And she just meows so loud just to set them all off. And I'm like, girl, please, please just give us a break. Because she knows that she is queen. She knows that oh. she runs the house. 100%. One. Like, literally, her full title is Miss Millionaire Mischievous Malloy, but Miss Millie for short. <laughs> Little Miss Millionaire. I love that. She's amazing. She's such a good soul. I love her. I love that she's part of your family because it gives you guys, like, some spontaneity and something new. You know what I mean? Like, she, yeah. she was there. I think your nan probably sent her to you. I feel like, yeah, she was definitely guided to me. Someone, the way I even found her, like how I even saw her when I was driving and 
she literally blended in with the road. It was just so muddy and she was literally lying in a puddle, like how I came across her. And the fact that I actually saw her um, is a bit of a miracle. So yeah, I think someone definitely divinely guided her to me. She was meant to be part of the family for sure. And um, because she has, she yeah. has switched things up so much. And a lot of people don't understand that our pets are here for a purpose. Mm. You know, they're here mm. just to not only be pets, you know, and take over our household. No, no, no. They're mm. here to teach us, you know, love, compassion, and something else, you know, something yeah. else that only they know the reason why. You know? Yes. Like my dog, she yeah. drives me up the wall, but she's my child, you know. She's yeah. the extra child that I didn't want. It's, but it's so true. Like we're in the process. We probably won't have one of our dogs for very much longer. Um, it really depends. It's hit and miss every day. Um, but I was saying, like, I don't want him to go yet. Like, I'm not ready for him to go. But a friend of mine said maybe the lessons that he's, maybe he's taught you the lessons he needed to know already. You know, um, and each one of my animals is their personalities and everything is so different. Like, and they've got me through like got me through stuff in different ways and most specifically it's just funny that this conversation of grief is coming up because it, it's just it's so like synergistic with what's been going on in my life and then Mo was a big part of the healing process when we did lose Kieran's dad you know he's kind of one of the remaining things that we have from that household and the fact that we his kind of life expectancy going forward now is so day to day that grief has just been coming up an awful lot and the way I process it is so different and I know he's I know people say oh he's just a dog but oh, these no. dogs are like my children you know that kind of way so I do feel like even going through it it just makes you appreciate life so much more and the different things and the moments you've had with them and oh, yeah. everything dogs, else and dogs are they have like a special bond like their love is more genuine than even a human because you might get angry at them and reprimand them you know you can you know just be having the worst day and they come near you and it's like they transmute their peace to you mm -hmm. and you lose you know whatever you were feeling because they look at you and they're like innocent they're innocent yeah. babies you know they don't yeah. mean to do what they did in what they did you know that's just who they are you know yeah and the thing with dogs is like the biggest lesson that they teach me is they don't understand what we're saying it's our energy yes you know it really is your energy and that's what they pick up on um like i see it my lot like they know when i'm just like i'm going to kill every single one of you right now and they know when i just like i'm in like a big cuddly mood you know that kind of way yeah. Yeah. So you can see they, they speak in body language and energy and different things like that. So that's a huge lesson that they give us alone. Yeah. yeah. So I'm so excited. Like I could keep talking to you forever and ever. I know. Like it's so amazing. Um, but yeah, we will have to do like this again and just yes. talk about energy and just something else. Like, cause we always have so much to talk about, but thank you again for coming on and, you know, best of luck with everything. Thank you. And we will talk soon. Yes, thank you 
so much for having me. I had so much fun. Ah, I'm so excited for this podcast and everything you're doing. You are such a blessing. And I'm just so grateful. I always say to this to you, I'm so grateful that the universe brought us together like this. It's so much fun. Yeah, I am so grateful as well. Like, you're just a good soul. You are just a ray, like, a ray of sunshine. Like, you're (laughs) such a good person. Like, I'm so happy. Thank you so much that you're in my life that I know that if I send you a message you're instantly like you know so eager to answer it and just you can feel it you can feel it like you're just a genuine person so I love you I'm just a mere reflection of you so you are just seeing yourself you know basically being reflected back to you so you're the exact same thank you thank you so we'll talk soon and I'll be posting this immediately like I'm going to save the recording, then I'll add it to the YouTube, and I'll send you all of the links. Awesome. I'm excited. Okay, cool. All right. We'll talk talk soon. Thanks again. See you. Bye. Hi, guys. I'm so excited. Um, Let me take my headphones off. Or can you guys hear me? Um, I'm just so excited just to start this conversation with this beautiful soul she is amazing she is let me yeah she is amazing she um just every time i speak to her i'm just like i'm just so happy she's so great she's has such good energy she is just amazing she's amazing at everything that she does um and she's gonna be talking to us all the way from ireland so we are so grateful and thankful to have her in our vortex, in our just energy. Um, I'm just so excited. I'm just, I'm just so excited. I'm going to wait to see if she hops on and then I'll do my quick introduction. So this is our second time that we are doing this conversation and we're going to just talk a little bit about, um, you know, spirituality and grieving and mindset and a little bit of everything. So I'm pretty excited, pretty excited to talk. I know it's super early because I usually like doing it in the evening, but we do have to be mindful that she is about five hours ahead of us. So we don't want to, you know, take up too much of her day. And yeah, I'm just so excited. So Whenever she is ready, she is going to send the request, and we can just start this conversation. And this is also going to be going on to my YouTube. Um, we're going to... since we actually chatted like face to face yes it's so, been so excited it's been such a long time let me take my headphones off because i'm getting like a- i actually need to jumping on my screen is absolutely manky <laughs> much better yay much better yay yay
I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Like I said, thank you so much for just joining this conversation and being a part of something that really means the world to me. Because coming back, coming from you know, um, back like a Spanish home, that we weren't used to having like open conversations about just everything from like spirituality to just you know mindset and things because we were so set in our own ways mm. of like being like robotic and we, we gotta listen to what mom says like and it's nothing wrong with it you know mm-hmm. I, I appreciate everything that she taught me yeah but um you know i'm glad that i'm at the stage now that i get the opportunity to talk you know and yeah learn and be able to express, you know, how I feel. So mm-hmm. it's amazing. So thank yeah. you. And I can I can resonate with that as well on probably a different level maybe um, because Ireland is, especially in the kind of time that I grew up in, in like the 90s and early 2000s and things like that, it was very much like the Catholic Church, nothing else. Yes. Like you go to Mass every Sunday, you know, you go to confession, you do all these things yes. and that was it anything outside of that was evil and yeah so spirituality was very tunnel visions yeah um for me particularly i don't want to talk for everyone i'm sure everyone has their own experience but from what i gather it it was very heavy with the you know irish christian faith it was very strong and that's what you were brought up in so yeah i i can resonate on some level with you with kind of we just did what we were told almost you know and i grew up in a catholic school so it was just you know every day you know we would go sunday you know do everything that we needed to do and that's it sundays was our day to like go and release what we have that's it during the week Mm -hmm. we weren't able to talk we weren't able to like you know, express ourselves because we were living our day to day, you know, school work activities, parents were working, doing, you know, going through their own traumas and trying to figure out how to parent us, yeah. you know, through it, through the world. So I, you know, I'm so happy, like I said, that you're part of this conversation and, you Thank know, you. it's, ah. it's, it, I know, I love it. Like I, said, like every time I, I know. You, I'm just like oozing with like happiness, like. But sometimes it's even for us to even have these conversations, like tell me five years ago, tell me this is what I was going to do. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't think so. Like, there's no way, you know, five years ago, I was still so afraid to even look outside of, you know, anything else than what I was taught growing up. So the fact that we get to have this conversation and live on Instagram and for your podcast and your YouTube channel, like mental. I love it. I love it. Honestly, like five years ago, I was in such a, different mindset and just just a different I just had a different vision you know and I wasn't saying I'm not gonna say that it was a wrong vision but I had a lot of heaviness a lot of heaviness that was not good and it it was not gonna lead me to anything so I'm grateful that I'm even able to like express myself now you know and be able to like chat with you know Basically, we were strangers when we first met. So, you know, like strangers yeah. across the world. Like, yeah. we were strangers. Like, I would never, ever, first of all, my anxiety would, would have killed me. Like, yeah. Amen. Hey, you're preaching to the choir. Preaching to the choir. My anxiety would have killed me. My just 
just complete nervousness. And me starting, like, even a podcast or even, like, do anything like that, no way. None whatsoever. You know, so it's it's very, you know, rewarding. It's come to a point that I'm like, wow, everything's, like, so rewarding. And it's, like, sometimes we sit and we complain so much about the things that we don't have. But if we sit and realize the things that we've accomplished from the point that we started till now, huge. We've done a lot. Huge. The growth. Sometimes people overlook the growth because all we see are the end results of people or when they've hit their big success and they have all this money coming in. And it seems like from the outside looking in, they have it made. They have everything that you've ever wanted. And you're like, oh, like I wish I was there. So it's very hard to get caught up and they're like, well, I don't have this. I don't have that. And then you lose sight of how far you've actually come. Um, but I, I do think that, that that's a learnable skill that people can develop because when you're in that for so long, you have to relearn how to per- perceive things in a way. You know, have to reprogram those belief systems to, and even just to catch yourself. I think the first step I always say is self-awareness. Like catch yourself in the moment of when you're like, oh, you know, I wish I had this. I wish I had that. Exactly. Or that never works out for me to, oh, wow, look at all the milestones I've hit along the way. Exactly. Look at everything I've accomplished. Look what I've overcome. Look at the challenges I faced. At that stage, I never thought there was going to be anything else but misery for me in that moment in time. And then you look at your life now and you're like, wow, I was so wrong back then. Exactly. It's just the growth and people overlook it. It's all part of the process, you know? Exactly. Exactly. So I'm just going to go ahead and just do a quick introduction of who you are. And... We can get the conversation started. So, everyone, again, this is Laura Lanigan. She's all the way calling from Ireland. Ireland. I'm super grateful. She is a podcast host for the So Lovely podcast. And she is a mindset enrichment mentor, which she will guide you through everything that you need from the point of beginning your spiritual journey or even not to just guide you into becoming a better person through her words, her encouragement, just her presence. So welcome. Thank thank you again so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Thank you. You're so welcome. Thank you again, like I said, for, you know, just being a part of this conversation. So you know, tell me a little bit about how you got started and, like, what, in, you know, motivated you to be a mentor or even start yes. your podcast. So I didn't, I never saw being a mentor as a career path for me. I never thought that I would ever do something like this. Um, honestly, I started in the corporate world. My family uh, owned their own kind of business. And unfortunately, uh, the doors had to close due to unforeseen circumstances and different things that happened. And it was a really tough time for my family because my entire family, my brother, my, my, my sisters, my mom, like my dad, everybody was dependent on that income. And all of a sudden the doors just closed. And it's like, that's all we've ever known. So now you're like, okay, well now I have to go work for someone else. I have to find another job. I have to figure it out. And at the time, I, I just had, my confidence was never great it was always very low I didn't have a lot of self-belief in me and my skills and my abilities and honestly I'll get into this maybe a little bit later but I really do think that the closing of that business was like 
a divine intervention for me because well for me and my whole family because I said for so long um even when I left college I was like I don't want to stay here I don't want to work for this business this industry is just not for me I don't get it it doesn't fuel me and I was like there has to be more and I remember having conversations when the business was up and running with my sister she would get so offended I'm like I'm so grateful for this income but this isn't for me like this is not my my passion it's not what I'm good at it you know every day it was like oh I have to go back in there do you know that kind of way yeah. um so when that closed I think it was very much like okay the whole family's out of an income just find any job just find any job so I ignored all the signs and symptoms that were there the red flags that were popping up that maybe like there were certain like even that losing that business is almost grieving the loss of what we once knew you know um, and we had just literally weeks prior lost my granddad Lanigan. My dad had just got diagnosed um, with his own uh, mental stuff or with his own health issues more so. Yeah. Um, so my dad has dementia and I share that. So yes. um, that was really hard. And then on top of all that, my, my fiance's dad was diagnosed with terminal cancer. Oh. So it was all a lot all at once. But, you know. I think it's just a societal thing, but I always say typical Irish, you just go, I'll be grand, just yes. keep going, I get find it. another job, keep keep trucking on. And that's what I did. I found another job and I went to go work in this call center. And again, th- this is when the panic attack started for me. And I, I was just like, I just have to get, in my head, I'm like, I just have to get over this. I just have to get comfortable here. I just have to get used to everything. But I just didn't like the job once again. So I... I kept, I kept there, I kind of stayed there for as long as I could, but it came to a point where the panic attacks, the anxiety attacks were just detrimental to me and I just couldn't make myself go in there anymore. So I was like, right, I'll just resign from that job. And they were so great about it. They were so understanding. They asked me, was there any other, like, kind of, is there anything they could do to, you know, encourage me to stay on or any support that they could offer and stuff? And I was like, no, I just, <laughs> I need out. And so I was like, okay just go find another job and again I went and found another job the same thing happened I started I got a sales job this time I was out in the field and I had a panic attack in front of one of my bosses and I was like that's when I have to go okay enough is enough I was like there's something wrong so I was like there has to be more to life than me just you know crying every single day crying myself to sleep not being able to sleep and it, it was just an awful time so that's when I got diagnosed with anxiety and depression and it's actually from that diagnosis which led to me creating the So Lovely brand because I said well I'm not happy working for other people I always said I wanted to work for myself have that time freedom have that ability to you know call my own shots and be the director of my movie in a way and decide where when I get to take my holidays and when I work and how I work in different things and I was learning so much. I was introduced to the world of mindset and mindfulness and everything. And I was learning so much and enjoyed it so much. And I loved talking about it. And I was like, I want to help people who are going through this as well. I was like, because the more I opened up about my anxiety, the more friends and family were like, yeah, I've experienced this. I've gone through this. And I was like, wait, what is happening? Yes. Like, I would never have guessed that you guys were struggling with this. And so I... Um, I basically started so lovely to help other people and initially started as a product-based business and I literally started as like affirmational 
words on hoodies, t-shirts, things like that. And unfortunately, that didn't um, take off the way I thought it was. It wasn't creating an income. But that's when I invested in myself and I invested in my own mentor. And I invested small at the start. And when I invested big, I realized that I really do have passion and a skill that I have for empowering people and motivating people and unlocking and helping them see the potential that's within themselves, you know? And I was like, oh, I think I need to pivot my business. <laughs> I think I need to leave the product stuff behind and really go with this mentoring stuff. And that's essentially why I started the So Lovely Podcast, how I started um, kind of mentoring and creating my mindset enrichment program and things like that. Wow. That is so exciting to hear. And it's like, I resonated with so much because coming from a society that we have to just sweep everything under the rug mm -hmm. and just keep going because that's how life is. It's okay. Just keep going. Like, You'll be okay. you'll be fine. It's okay. It's just a little bump in the road. It's okay. You don't yeah. have time to process it. You don't have time to, you know, feel the loss of, you know, losing a business where you have invested so much time, energy, financially as well. So you just have to, okay, we got to find another source to feed us and, you know, yeah. survive. So I, re you know, I resonate with that as well, and it's like, it's pretty sad that society just, even till now, like, it's so taboo to be like, oh, I suffer from anxiety. People are like, no, it's not. It's not. Mm -hmm. it's, it doesn't. You know, it doesn't exist. It's all in your yeah. mind. It's it's okay. You'll be you'll be okay. It's like no, yeah, it's no, I won't. yeah, and it's also you said even you know you don't get time to feel. And like, because people don't want to feel their emotions, we're taught like 